joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Yeah, boy, we at episode 57. Here we go. Yeah. I don't want to start out with the energy too high because, you know, we start out with the RIPs. So let's do that before we get too amped up for today. Uh, RIP to India Kager. Another, uh, this is a black woman who was uh, murdered, as well as uh, it's been the five-year anniversary of Sandra Bland's uh, passing away. it's been away. five years already? Bro. That's crazy. I know, man. But um, I really wanted to point out Sandra Bland because uh, I'm just about sick and tired of them trying to say that we're committing suicide. It's crazy. I'm not saying that suicide doesn't happen in our community. What I'm saying is that under the circumstances that these people passed in, it wasn't suicide. And it's so evident. And so I just want to give a shout out to those uh, women who were taken from us far too early. Uh, shout out to my boy, Casey McGee and the Hard Times crew. I appreciate you boys. You've been holding me down since I moved to L.A. since day one. And I really appreciate all you all you guys do for us. You know what I mean? All of the the moral and, and ethical support. You know, you guys subscribe, you know, you follow, you give me ideas. And I just want to give you guys a shout out for, for all the help that you've uh, presented in these times. All right, let's move on to what we've been watching. Uh, I've been I've pretty much been catching up with the three things that I've been uh, watching it. Uh, Baki, The Wire and Warrior Nun. Nice. So uh, let's start with Warrior Nun. It's entertaining. It is yeah, getting to that action spot. Like we saw the demon in this episode too. Spoilers. Yeah. Yo, I really like how the halo works. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it's when she cool. has her powers under control and she puts that shit into effect. Boy, that halo is bad. Yeah, she's, um, I'm, I'm really liking the, the direction they're taking that. It's pretty dope. I really do. And, and um, I remember you mentioned uh, sister, uh, Shaka Mary, Shaka. Mary, yeah, bro. Honestly, and and I think it, and I understand why you like her. It's it's refreshing to see a black woman acting like a black woman in a setting that yeah. it might not be traditional Typical for a black, for woman, a black to woman to be in. Yes, exactly. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, and then and, and just to to hit on what you were saying, it's uh, it's something that's that's I think super important that that persona and i don't want to call it a trope but that persona is no longer considered uh not marketable right because it, it's always been marketable it's and then when i say marketable i don't mean like oh it's something that we can take for granted or trivialize or make a cliche out of there's people who act like that and that doesn't deter people from being entertained by the general uh uh perspective that they represent Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and so that was re- that's, I really enjoy seeing that she's fucking cold, my nigga. She had to go on the cliff. <laughs> yeah, yo, that a, was lit. I love that. For a second, I, I love thought that. he had her. I was like, oh shit, they got they I don't kill that. humans. Nah, nigga. <laughs> I, li- I like <laughs> you that. You will be executed all that the was same. Lit. Yeah, for hey, yeah, the cliff was a nice touch, but uh, we know nuts don't kill people. You right, five you seconds right. later, Blah! feel me? Oh, don't call bad. me shotgun Mary for nothing, bitch. This shit is though, not a decoration. Even though one thing I didn't like that she did was when um, they they, they uh, one of the sisters were was coming at her like, yo, why you always skip combat training? Like, when you got, got two, two shotguns, shotguns you don't need, need combat training. training. Nah, nigga, that is highly to... inaccurate. That is pure bravado. It is not true. But fuck that, yo. She deserves the bravado. Yo, yo she's lit for sure. I'm with it. I, I I don't know. I think it's it's something about seeing some uh, someone who has been historically disenfranchised come out in such a powerful role. 
I'm with it. Yeah, hell I'm yeah. With it. Also, um, I don't know if you've seen the new trailer for uh, uh, something Power, but it's the new um, Jamie Foxx uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie that's coming mm. out on Netflix. And there's a new actress in it. Um, I think her name is Dominique Fisk- Fish Scale or something with fish in the first part of her okay. name. That's her real but, name? That is her SAG name. Okay. Whether or not it's her real name, okay. that is, I, you know what I mean? I, I, just, I, I can't just comment on that. But that threw me off. The, um, yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, Dominique, it's Dominique Fish something. But you should check that trailer out because okay. that shit looks crazy good. And it's All sort right. of like... Um, uh, uh, I'm a fan of Jamie Foxx. Sure. Yeah, Jimmy Fox does a lot of good shit. He does a lot of good shit. And, but what I really liked about it is, um, well, a little basic um, sort of spoiler because it's only a trailer out. But it's looked like... Um, oh, it's only a trailer? Is it a Netflix movie? It's a Netflix movie that's not out yet. Gotcha. So okay. I just put the little notification thing. So I was like, yo, as soon as that shit's available, I'm watching okay. it. Okay, because I was about to say, I'll watch that this weekend because that just sounds fun. Yeah, it's... um, What it is is someone is synthesizing power in a pill and you take the pill and it gives you power a random superpower for five minutes and you don't know what your power is until you take the pill now <laughs> it turns out they're getting the formula from jamie fox's daughter so he's going on a like revenge mission oh, to like try to yes. get her back and oh, joseph gordon levitt yes. seems to be like the police chief or something who's just like they think they could test their product in my city so i'm, I'm and dominique fiscale seems to be like the um the daughter of Jamie Foxx, or at least the dealer. I mean, that wasn't too clear from the trailer, was, okay. but it was, it looks super that. cool. And I really liked her character and I love like her oh, braids. That's definitely going to be a topic. Bro. Yeah, look that shit looks that super one. dope. That's fire. But um, yeah, no, Warrior Nine is shaping up. I'm not a huge fan. Like, I don't know. Just Fishback. The, Sorry. Dominique Fishback, not Fishscale. Fish, Fishback. Okay. Dominique Fishback. You, you, there's scales on the back. So fish back fish <laughs> I scale. told I you, see you my G. fish in the front. That's all I remembered. It was very jarring. But yeah, um, the the main character, I'm holding on to her. Like I'm I'm trying not to be too judgmental because it's just my personal bias towards I guess that demographic, and she plays into it really deeply. Mm-hmm. And so it's just I, I find that to be a little bit the whole young girl she's lusting after the the dark-skinned guy who's exotic to her and that whole thing is okay you know what i mean like that's that's not uh, a a romance story that i personally uh relate to so it's kind of missing on that but it's not because she's doing it poorly it's just my personal preference you know what i mean right right um the whole socialite group how they mixed that in i really kind of liked how they mixed <laughs> in that the socialite group was crashing a party they didn't know who they were crashing the party of it just so happens that that was a person who was involved in a lot of deep research i was fucking with that that was i also cool. like did you get to the episode where you saw the presentation at the party of course because yeah. that's where it happens mm-hmm. so I, I i really liked that that, that whole fucking crazy. the combination of I, like church magic and science type deal perfect that's exact that's a great description because i even was commenting to carolina about that very same thing because she's enjoying the show too so yeah that shit was cool like when I she stuck her hand in that portal i was yeah. like that's lit i would never do that but no, that's never. lit i don't know what's on the other side of that but portal see, during that same scene when her and the the i don't know the dude's name i don't know any of the names of the people in her show, socialite group but um oh yeah no, the no, dude no, who no, she's who's who she's uh trying to court 
they're all, you know, ha ha ha, let's let's ditch the party and go investigate and yeah, have fun and explore. Stupid. And he and, and the whole time he's like, uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's head back to the party. <laughs> uh. And rightfully so. Like he's they're like, there to I've crash done this reason. once or twice and mm-hmm. uh this is right around when we leave. Yeah, for real, you know what I mean? Before but you like, get but caught I out. saw something. There was something back there. Let's go check it out. And I'm that's like, the shit that I hate. Oh. Like, yo, my G, you came here with your peoples. Have a little fun. You did some wild shit. Call it a night. But yeah. nah, that's just what she fucking explore, so, right? Yeah. So, but it's the, the show is shaping up. Definitely catch a couple episodes so you can follow our discussion with it because yeah. it's a fun one. I definitely yeah, I fucks with worrying. I'm only up to episode three, but I fucks with worrying on. No, I'm keeping pace with you. I'm trying not to go too far because also Carolina's watching it with me, and that's one she's interested in. So, like, you know, what I mean, we'll be talking about that for a little while, but yeah. definitely Warrior Nun has been fun. And I'm looking forward to, to catching up on the remainder of the season. Um, Baki, I finally finished season two of Baki and started watching season three. But I was I was pleasantly surprised at the wrap up of season two, because in Grappler Baki, um, if you, a little bit of the backstory is that Baki is always in contention to try to beat his father, Yojiro, Yojiro Hanma, who is the the strongest creature in the world like the man has made his 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 uh name off of beating anything whether it's human or creature alike and so uh he's you know the main figure that baki is trying to attain power to defeat and so at the end of season two yojiro encounters muhammad ali and he acknowledges Muhammad Ali's power of soul. You know what I mean? Just the power of spirit that it takes to derail your life's your life's path for what you believe is right. Yeah. And the fact that in the whole flashback where it shows their respective the Yojiro doesn't show respect to, to nobody. <laughs> and Muhammad Ali was the one nigga that Yojiro showed yeah. the utmost respect to. Yeah. And honestly, like it's funny because a lot of it, it's hard for for Asian people in general to to understand racism because they 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 practice xenophobia, not racism per se. Mm-hmm. And so the difference is is that xenophobia is the denigration of every, anyone who's not like you, whereas racism <laughs> is the objectification of people who are not like you. It's purely semantic. They're both bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they, they, they're expressed in different ways. And so for a Japanese uh, content creator to, to show that kind of respect to a demographic of people who they are very xenophobic towards is huge to me. Because Grappler Baki is not a small anime, right? It's got a pretty decent following. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, and so for someone to use that platform to ingratiate an African-American character, I think was hugely uh, influential in my opinion, especially as someone who consumes a lot of anime. Or, I'm sorry, I would say a lot. I consume a fair amount of anime in, in regards to like other people, like other real anime uh, uh, fans. I consider I consume a moderate amount of anime, and even I can notice that black people have various stereotypical representations in anime. Yeah, and so for them to to laud Muhammad Ali, and not just that, to 
Japanese people won't fictionalize things that they don't respect. Facts. <laughs> they won't. They just don't care enough about it. And so for them to take Muhammad Ali and create a mythology around him is, is a sign of respect, from what I understand of Japanese culture. And so I love that shit. Yeah, this ending is uh, Baki's second season kind of solidified it as one of my top probably 10 animes for sure. Nice, nice. I love me some Grappler Baki, but um, that was really cool. And then going into season three, Muhammad Ali's son, having perfected his his, his style, his style <laughs> is a main character of the season, and he's extremely yeah. powerful. And I thought that was really cool. Um, Ooh, well, it's very entertaining. What's up? Um, uh, you know, um, nah, I'm just. We'll talk about when, when you yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about when we'll you talk get about there. it in the next next episode. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to at least get through half of the season because I'm only in the first three episodes. Oh, okay, that's nothing. Early, that's but at least you caught like, the so most important turn, part. I don't know yet. <laughs> you, you caught the most important part, which is when Yujiro snatched that dude's face off, bro. That was, and then threw it to the bro. judges. And then Why threw it to the judges. Because I make that. I because you can't follow directions, bro. Bro, I use. He told him don't move. And my nigga moved. What else were you supposed to do? I totally used that snatch your whole face off as a euphemism. And for them to animate Yojiro snatching that nigga's whole ice. face. My the whole nigga. thing. He flensed his whole <laughs> face off of his body, <laughs> threw it to the judges, the and then kicked him in the open wound. The like, disrespect, I know, bro. man. Yojiro Yo, is not to be trifled with, but oh, that shit man. was crazy. Yeah, that was great. Man, it's China's taking a bunch of L's, but of course this is obviously in a Japanese created anime. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they get you know, wrecked. The Chinese, because the, the, yeah. So the premise of season three is that uh, to heal Baki of his poison that he re- that he had uh, was poisoned with at the end of season two, he uh, Retsu takes him to China and enters him into a tournament. To cause him to fight for his life in hopes that his body will react by yeah, fighting the classic poison. Classic anime logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight anime classic logic. Classic anime logic. Makes perfect sense. And so in the course of that, he actually encounters a martial artist who uses poison that that uh, that injects... I don't know how you how you would say He doesn't inject It counteracts it. Yeah, yeah, it's the slap poison He puts the poison thing. in him, and the poison that he uses actually counteracts the poison that was in Baki. And call and cures him in like six seconds, bro. And, well, that and sugar water, evidently. That a bunch of food and sugar water will cure Yo, you of any poison. But ridiculous anime logic. But yeah, so that's the, the the tournament is between the foreigner guest fighters versus the Rai Taos, the Sea Kings of China, which is what they use to denote uh, Kenpo masters of the highest order in different schools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They call them Rai Taos, which is a Japanese word for seeking. Anyway, moving past that, that's the setup. Needless to say, the right towels were not prepared. Nah, bro. But <laughs> it was because the the organizers of the event chose the wrong people. They mm-hmm. have they're not the organizers of the event weren't engrossed in the martial arts world enough to know who to invite. So they invited all the wrong people. Those niggas got smashed. And so the Wrecked. true right towel um warriors were like nabi we're gonna make our own team of five and we'll face off against the foreign team of five and so that's the the premise after you know uh baki gets relieved of his poison because bro that's just crazy like and and then i love baki's explanations so i i'm a huge naruto fan as well but when naruto goes in 
they're they're relatively like there are deep explanations of the random shit that happens because every like good anime has sections where they're explaining to you what happened because clearly they know that you did not have enough information to know what's happening they're like we're about to do some ridiculous shit so here's some background exactly naruto doesn't go off the rails with it but yo baki will take the most ridiculous bro. shit and throw it into those points. There are no rails. Bro, yeah, yeah, Baki definitely <laughs> like has no limits. Like fucking Dorian and the candy and bro, shit. Like, what was that all about? I don't even know. Where did, they, where did Mr. <laughs> Oliver come from? Yo, like, I fucked with Oliver, though. I do, He's though. so lit. That nigga is He's literally so a physical embodiment lit. of brute force. That nigga is a Mr. demigod Oliva's of brute the force. Shit. Straight up. Like you were saying about them paying homage to, to black people. Like, yo, Mr. Oliver is like, he's always been stand up the whole, like, season two and season three. <clears throat> and, and, and I didn't like how they used the trope of him being an incarcerated person. But at the same time, it was a very small part of his character. So I'm going to let it ride. Um, they then went on to make him into a major player in the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that nigga, when he fights... It's about to be a problem. His <laughs> opponent's going to have a problem. He's not the most powerful character in the whole show, but Mr. Oliver, he about to do you in. Yo, that's he's about funny. to do you nasty. And I love how he does, like, uh, he's mocking him by, like, uh, imitating the dude's stance by putting his hands in his briefs. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't see that fight yet. Oh, okay, fight okay. Yet. You must be, like, an episode away. All right, that's cool. Yeah, it's, I think Probably. I'm pretty sure it's next episode because he's about to fight the dude who fought... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the guy who beat up Dorian, Mr. Dorian, is the guy with his hands in the yeah. pocket. So the next episode is is the episode where his challenge comes to fruition. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But Baki is just really an entertaining anime. I highly recommend it. Um, if you like anime and you're getting kind of worn on the typical storytelling aspects of anime, Baki just it's and, and very. That's different. why I love. That's why I I don't hold Baki uh, Baki's writers to any kind of like i don't consider it the fact that they go completely left or right on any particular uh episode i don't mind it usually i'm like yo y'all niggas went too far <laughs> but be, it's refreshing because they do it in a coherent manner because the yo the seasons the seasons be everywhere bro they be yeah, from they here do. to there but and, and and this goes back to what i was saying last episode about the storytelling method Yo, they're 30-minute episodes, and bro, they get so much done in those 30 minutes. There's a lot of storytelling happening, and I think it's because of their style of storytelling. Yeah. So, Baki, Baki has been a, a, a great source of entertainment, and so definitely check it out on Netflix before it disappears. Um, I'm looking forward to finishing out that season, because, boy, yo, Baki's just, his force of will is so indomitable, bro. <laughs> I love that, and I love how they worked in the whole um aspect of his love for um what's her i can't pronounce her i don't remember her name but his his love for his significant other is a driving factor in his ability and how um yojiro looks at love as just a way to unlock power whereas he engage baki Baki engages love as an encouragement to gain power it's a difference there's a difference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yojiro will never know true love, and so he'll never have the the true power that is unlocked by protecting someone. Because he's ultimately his his goal is only Strength. to achieve power. Yeah. Whereas Baki's genuine love for someone will make him able to to extend his his power 
beyond even his natural limits. Feel me? The power of friendship, bro. Bro, what are you talking there about is right something, now? there is something soup like when you're fighting for yourself, it's because you want to preserve your life. And so you'll never fight to the death for yourself because the whole point of fighting for yourself is to survive. And so it's antithetical to fight to the death for yourself. And that I do honestly believe. It's purely a linguistic fallacy when people think that they're fighting to the death for themselves. But when you're <laughs> fighting with a cause of protecting someone, the stimulus is external. Your self-preservation doesn't kick in. Your, your desire to achieve the goal of protection overtakes your self-preservation and so baki will baki will be stronger than his father i mean not just because he's the main character but because the way they've set up the way the avenues of power in their world yojiro can never achieve what baki does through gaining power from emotion whereas they'll oh they both can can ascend the physical scale of power to its pinnacle baki has another peak that he can reach that Yojiro will never be able to reach. And I think Yojiro knows that. And so that's why he wants to fight him so fervently. Yeah, Yojiro's been kind of building him up to be that fighter. That yeah, take him. I think Yojiro's <clears throat> ultimate pleasure would be to be defeated by Baki. Yep. Because he will because usurp that pride from him. He's like, I made you, nigga. Exactly. I made exactly. You that it's ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Fucking but yeah, man, definitely catch up on Baki if you can. Um, that's a great show, and and try to watch it from the beginning. It it's one of those animes that actually season three still harkens back to season one. It's still doing flashbacks to season one. You know what I mean? So I do love a coherent story like that. But yeah, um, also The Wire always always comes through for some good entertainment. And so I finished out season one. And I'm going in, and I'm in season two now. And one thing that I've realized that I did absolutely missed on my first watch through is that this entire show is perpetuated by McNulty's desire to fuck over Rawls. Well, and also prior the past like four episodes, I've been talking about I've been saying Rawls, but I've been meaning Daniels. Daniels is the tall black uh, police. Uh, oh, I remember officer. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniels is the one this I've been talking about, lot. not Rawls. Rawls is the white. Uh, I don't know what his position is. Is he a commissioner? I don't remember. Or he's a chief. He's very high in the rankings of <clears throat> of the police order. And he was the one running the CID and homicide units that, McTon- that McNulty was part of prior to him getting put onto the wire. But um, this entire show is perpetrated by Mc- McNutty, as, uh, <laughs> as Bubbles calls him, trying to fuck over Rawls. And so it, it, I never caught that that was that's not an undertone. That's literally the impetus of the show. Not a single one of these motherfuckers actually give a shit about what's going on in the docks, in the streets. They don't give a fuck at all. They are all they, they are all pretty much trying to maintain their jobs. Oh, Daniels played by fucking the homie. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's fucking, what I was saying. Uh, I know this dude's name. I know, but That's I always call him Boyles because he was Boyles in Fringe, and he did a great job in that show. I will definitely recommend Lance Reddick. Fringe. Yes. Lance Reddick is the shit. Yeah, that's my dude, for sure. I don't think he's played a role that I've just been like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I've never seen him perform that way, you know what I mean? He's great in John Wick. Yeah, he's, a, he's really he's um He's a proprietor of the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But, um, Mr. Wick. 
this whole show is perpetrated off of the fact that McNulty wants to fuck Rawls at any turn. <laughs> and he doesn't care who he hurts. At the end of season one, people started turning on his ass. The Felan, the judge that he was using to circumvent Chain of Command, ended up chasing his career rather than fucking helping McNulty in the end. Why is this a shit? Absolutely. Fuck McNulty, man. I really hate that character, which is funny because he was literally my favorite character first watch through. <laughs> like, it's so crazy how watching The Wire at different places in your life will change your entire perspective on the show. Yeah, so I like to go back and rewatch movies if it's been, for some movies, if, it's, some if movies, I've yes. seen, if it's been more than like uh, six years since I've mm-hmm. seen it, I like to go back and rewatch Bruh, it. If you don't change in six years, you need to check yourself. <laughs> if you still hold the same exact views with no nuance as you did six years ago, you probably got a problem. I mean, I still love jerk chicken. But you revisit it every time you try it. Like, is this good jerk chicken? <laughs> yeah, it holds up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if someone gives you shitty jerk chicken, you're not just going to take it. Oh, definitely not. You know what I mean? And that, that's my thing. Is I mean, I might take it, but I won't eat it. No. Nah. But you gotta you gotta revisit shit, and it's okay to say that it's still, you know, one of your favorites. But you gotta revisit it and see if you still feel the same way about it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're all growing and, and evolving people, and that's a huge part of growing and evolving. And actually, it it gives insight into yourself when you see how you've changed in retrospect. Huge way of growing. But um, yeah, man, fucking McNulty, dude, and this whole this. Gosh, the amount of work he goes through just to fuck McNulty, I mean, um, to just to fuck over Rawls, and then in turn having to stand on that and do the work that comes with fucking over Rawls, man. Daniels, right? Daniels no, Rawls. Rawls. Okay. He should, Daniels, he's cool with, actually. And, and in season two, they end up working on a new homicide. Uh, so this is what he does in season two. They put him on the boat. Or Rawls puts him on the boat. Like, get the fuck away from me. Get as far away <laughs> from me as humanly possible. And he puts him on the boat. And so he's a Marine. He's Baltimore Porty uh, Marine Police. He finds a floater the, that floated over county lines. And so they're trying to make it a county problem, not a city problem. But McNulty goes through the whole work of triangulating where the person was thrown from the bridge (laughs) to prove that it actually happened in Baltimore City proper on the bridge, Baltimore City property before it floated into county. So it's now a homicide on the Baltimore Port PD's board. So what you're saying is he's a man of initiative. Bro, but the initiative is the impetus for his initiative is always fucking overalls and never the best interest of the people. But in doing so, he then has to because it falls on Monk and, and, and the other sergeant who are his friends to solve. And so he doesn't want to leave them out to dry. Well, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to leave them out to dry or he's just looking some, for something to do. So then he helps with that investigation in the course of that. On the docks, they found another container full of dead dead girls who were being human trafficked into the states for prostitution. He turns that into a homicide on BPD's uh, board as well. And so now their board is full of red and they need to solve something so that they don't end out in the negative. And so that's the premise for the whole season is that this nigga has now stuck BPD with a bunch of homicides that they were very (laughs) willing and capable of pushing off into other departments. And so he has to go and help them 
figure it, figure out the the murders. And so just to give you some backstory as to the, to what's going on, the first couple episodes is um the whole build up to why Daniels ends up leading the whole uh team that is investigating these homicides. And so well, actually, they're investigating Sabatka, who is the union leader of the docks. Of course, that the, the murders happened on his docks. And so that folds him into the, uh, the murder investigation. Uh, that folds Daniel's team into the murder investigation because they're looking for dirt on Sabatka. And that whole thing is the, the whole reason why Sabatka is under scrutiny is because the fucking Polish fucking police chief is mad at Sabatka for purchasing a stained glass window that he wanted to put a a, a fucking uh, 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 a police memorial a uh, uh, police honor honorific for you know what I mean like Sounds it's all bullshit right. it's all bullshit you know what I mean and so the whole it's it's a shame because if it wasn't for all that bullshit nothing would get done everybody would just keep pushing the buck to someone else until it disappears nobody's interested in doing their job at all in the oh, least man. and so That's extra you gotta pay me extra for that i need overtime to do my regular blow, job bro bro you make that joke but you know what mother, oh it's one not of a the joke. fucking dudes who literally the team that they assembled the first thing he said is who signs the over overtime slips yeah. it's fucking crazy bro like the and the sad part is is that this is not really a dramatization it is a little bit, but it's not really. And it's also worse now than it was back then. Shit. I'm sorry? It's also worse now than it was back then when they were di- di- taking it directly from reality. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's only gotten worse since then. Because mm-hmm. that's the... And this is something that, that the police will say all the time. If you don't punish somebody for doing something wrong, you're only encouraging them to keep doing it. Yet... Sounds about they right. They are the ones who are perpetrating the most wrongdoing in these situations. Sounds about right. And so, of course, they are reinforced to keep doing it. Yeah. Control the rules. You always win the game. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, new season of Wire, always always great. Um, and, and it's interesting because now the street stories and the cop stories are diverging. They're going to re-coalesce again. But um, so then there's the whole behind the bar stuff with Avon and D. D trying to get out of the game and Avon trying to keep his family close. That whole shit is bound. Like, man, it's crazy because, oh my goodness, I can't, I cannot exemplify how different my perspective on this show is today. Because I remember the first time watching uh, the show, knowing D gets killed by Stringer, I had so much sympathy for him. And now, not so much. <laughs> Not so much. Like, there is a right way and a wrong way to get the fuck out of the game. And this nigga just chose every wrong avenue to get out of the game, period. Like, he's got this, oh, I'm such a strong man. But listen, if you want to get out the bit, if you want to, knowing that Avon has your back the way he does, there's, there's a much better way to try to get out of the game. But no, you want to stay in Baltimore. You want to do this. Like, nigga, you you are your worst enemy. D'Angelo was his own worst enemy. And I only say so because he was in the game. Like, you can't get into the game and then take the stance that I'm going to walk away from the game. Like, you saw what happened to Wallace. You literally saw what happened to a 16-year-old boy. And I'm you're like, you know, I'm going to do the same thing he did, but I'm going to do it and, and survive. No. 
No, you're not. Not when Stringer Bell's money's at risk, nigga. Yeah. Stringer Bell don't fuck about Stringer fuck around Bell his is money at very all. Very thorough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's just D, man. D was his own worst enemy. Yo, D'Angelo could have gotten out of the game successfully. He could have very much gotten out of the game successfully, but no. He chose to use the street mentality to get out of the streets. Oh, that's all he knew, though. No, but D'Angelo was smart. He was smarter than that. Apparently not. (laughs) He seemed to have a a better head on his shoulders than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was just that was sad. That was that was sad that he chose because he had the right inclination. I'm not mad at him for wanting to get out. He should have gotten out of the game. He should have never been in the game to begin with. But to choose the avenue he did, you were setting yourself up for for for, yeah. for failure all the way. Pretty much guaranteeing that you'll never make it out. Mm-hmm. And and one of the subplots that I like going on is um. The juxtaposition of how Daniels deals with his wife in reference to going back into police work that he has said he needs to get away from because of the corruption that he was involved with and Kima doing the same exact thing. So they're both trying to take the bar and and go from being police to lawyers. But Daniels, his wife, and and this is super important out just in reference to like how to conduct yourself in a relationship. Daniel's wife is asking him to be better while Kima's wife is actually trying to change her from someone who she is. And that is something I don't agree with. In every relationship, friend, romantic, family, we should always be calling ourselves to be better. But what we do not have the right to do is ask someone to be someone else. You can't do that. You just can't do that. You're going to set yourself up for failure. And so if you don't like who someone is, then your best bet is to just not fuck with them. Feel me? But asking them to change who they are to better fit you because you benefit from them and their presence, that is going to fail and I don't support you and I'm rooting for you to fail. Kima's wife wants her to not be an aggressive alpha woman and that's a stupid term, but like an aggressive, uh, uh, um, verbose, uh, brash woman. That's who she is. And yeah. guess what? None of those things make her a bad person. What makes her a bad person is her willingness to hurt other people for her own entertainment. That's why she's a bad person. But in terms of her relationship, Kima has every right to be who she is. And her wife is trying to change her, not because of Kima's safety, but because she wants Kima around. And that's not fair. Kima is who she is. You knew who she was before you married her. She has every right to maintain who that person is, because guess what? That is part of the job. She knew that when she fucking got into the job, you knew that when you married her. She is allowed to put herself at risk if that's what entertains her. I don't think that Kima's wife gets it, and it's only going to put strain on her. It's only going to push Kima away, whereas Daniel's wife is asking him to stay away from the police work because she knows he's not that guy. He has a moral code. And so she's asking him to be in a to put himself into a position to where his moral code doesn't put him at risk. That's completely different. That's a be better moment. And that I support. 
but I love how they put those two those two storylines right next to each other because I think that that's a that's a, that's a huge thing that people need to learn about just in life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's nothing sure. wrong with asking the people you love to be better, but asking them to change who they are—that's a mature shit. <clears throat> mm, it's a mature, it's a lack situation. of maturity thing for me? sure. And so, yeah, man, that was—I'm really—I I fuck with the wire hard, man. And it's—it's it's so I love learning about myself through my changes of perspective over time. You know what I mean? And the wire is a great one for that because because they address so many human issues. It's not just about police versus gangsters. There's life happening in this show. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and all the gangsters have, like, real shit happening in their lives like that they often delve into. Fish. Like, <laughs> this nigga Weebay <laughs> loves his fish, my dude. That's funny. Bro. And so it's, it's one of those things, like, these are people. Yeah, they're fully fleshed out characters. No I matter like how much I hate McNulty, he does love his sons, even if he doesn't understand how to love them properly. And so it's interesting to see someone navigate through that. A lot of the people in this show are just loveless. Like they love, they don't know how to love, so they can't show love. That happens so much throughout this show, and 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 it's mostly the byproduct of harsh environments. People respond to their environment. If you live in an environment that is overly harsh, you will become an overly harsh person. Mm-hmm. This is a coping mechanism. It's not an. It's not an indicative of of the core of that person you know what i mean it's indicative of the of the fact that that person is malleable you know what i mean but it's not indicative of of a poor spirit in my opinion but yeah man love the wire but moving on from that i've got a bunch of ragtag topics today so let's go into it um here i'll start out with uh some of the more depressing ones they did find naya rivera's body so yeah, rest in peace, that. Naya. Condolences to her family. Condolences to her family. This is a this story. I don't. I'm not even going to talk too much about this story, only because none of it adds up, and I don't want to speculate on something like this. It's I don't have a strong enough opinion about her as a person to to speculate in these in these matters. So I'm just going to leave it on. Rest in peace. Condolences to your son and your immediate family that are going through it right now. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I really hope that throughout the course of this, there can be some healing and growth for them because, you know, I'm sure her son will be taken care of Um, her and her. His father is, you know what I mean? I think financially stable enough to at least support him, maybe not at the level that Naya was was able to. But um, he won't be just left to 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 the to the wolves. And so I really hope that that they can, you know, move forward from this period however that looks or, or is. Um, rest in peace to uh, Zindizi Mandela. Mandela's daughter died very young. I believe she was 59. I was going to say. Yeah, definitely very young. And um, it's sad because she was a very vocal activist in South Africa. You know what I mean? She very much fought to keep her father's legacy alive. And it just, a lot of the, the, the suppositions around her death are pointing towards neglect from from medical uh, officials who who were supposed to be providing her with the kind of assistance to deal with the, the issues that she was having. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to Zindizi Mandela. Um, your family has done an immense amount for this world. Moving on from those, uh, here, let's hit the entertainment before we move into the social stuff. Uh, 
man, Freddie Gibbs gave Ack a fucking one-two heemy to the face. Got that nigga suspended from Twitch and Complex. <laughs> nice. Damn. Yeah, yo. That shit's <laughs> That's hilarious. Funny. Bro, because That's it's, it's just funny. it's stupid. The whole beef is stupid. I'm actually glad that Twitter banned me based off of those comments. Because honestly, uh, I've come to realize that social media ain't for everybody. It isn't. And and it's it's better off that those platforms are, are, are left to people who who are entertained by that. But um, fucking Freddie Gibbs is over here just slaying coons left and right. And I love to see that <laughs> shit happen. Um, what else been going on? Uh, United Masters uh, is a... I, I, we've talked about this before, but United Masters mm-hmm. is a platform to distribute artists while allowing them to own their masters at the same time. And they're making a major push. They just did... Uh, I can't remember exactly uh, how much uh, money that they that they had directed towards their artists, but there's a massive push for them to uh, start really helping to uh, grow the platform and making it available and profitable for more artists and even smaller bill artists to be able to to monetize and distribute their their work without losing all of the rights to their to their masters. And so that is huge to me. Yes, I love dope. to see that United Masters is doing their thing because the music industry is hugely indicative of where the rest of the entertainment industry will end up going. Um, I don't know in the States what a what's a bigger industry, cinema or music, but I would like to say it's music. Music, for sure. Okay, good. And so... With that being said, they will yeah. set the pace for the rest of entertainers. You know what I mean? Whether it's cinema, whether it's, uh, you know, the ancillary uh, artists that work with SAG, like voice actors and so forth. Um, whether it's gaming. There's a lot of subcontracting that goes out to gaming. It's the same artists that work in the, entertain- in the, the cinema industry. Um, and so United Artists doing this has... Uh, a lot of ramifications in the industry beyond just what they're doing. And so I'm really glad to see that they're being successful. Um, I really hope that they set a trend for, for, for future, uh, for future subcontracting paradigms, because, you know, more and more people are actually being freed up from their everyday menial jobs (laughs) because of the COVID to do these kind of things. You know what I mean? Like more people, since they don't have a primary job to distract them from their dreams and their desires, are taking time to 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 do these things. And so hopefully, you know, this this is a paradigm that is uh, in the artist's best interest. Well, it looks like I was wrong as far as this. I just Googled like music industry revenue and um, film industry revenue and film industry made a lot more in 2019. But is that global? I'm talking about just in the States uh hold on let me see this one is for us music is more regional regional than music i mean music is more oh, regional yep. than movies that's the difference this one is a global box office revenue and the other one is u.s music yeah i revenue. think you were right i'm pretty sure you were right because i have the same inclination based on my research but um yeah the global cinema industry is yeah. there because uh china 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 um because movies are less regional than music mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. but if you look 
like regionally like american music because it's pretty homogenized at this point like people in new york listen to the same stuff as people in atlanta listen to the same stuff as people in la um or they have access i should let me rephrase that they have access to the same music of course i think la is probably the most um dogmatic about listening to only their type of music <laughs> but niggas in new york listen to everything niggas in, on the east coast listen to everything you know what I mean? Only in L.A. and the Bay do you see people who be like, no, I only listen to Bay Area music or I only listen to L.A. <laughs> rappers type shit. And so, um, yeah, everyone has access to the same type of music, which means that for the most part, most people will consume a very wide range of music in America. But, um, yeah, man, just it, that's a, that's a huge boon right there. Um, moving on, we got oh, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, why? Why are you talking all this bossed up shit? I stand on what I say shit only to get fired and apologize for something you said. That I'm if typically if you apologize about something you said and you were wrong, I'm going to give you a pass. But he apologized for something that he said, which was historically true, without saying why. He doesn't believe it was historically relevant. And so that makes you look like a bitch to me. That's a bitch nigga move. If I'm saying, hey, and, and then what's worse for me is that he was literally talking to someone who was blackballed from his industry for stating these, these opinions or, or, or ideas, then, then backed him and agreed with him as if he wasn't on a platform that was also owned by the same people who blackballed well, people the person he was talking to. to them. Yeah. And so either A, you're talking out your ass, or B, you're folding under pressure. But either way, I don't fuck with that. And Nick Cannon, up until this point, has always presented himself as somebody who is A, about educating yourself, and B, about being consistent. And he was neither. You can, if he was going to be inconsistent with standing on what he believed, he should have educated us as to why. And in all of his public statements he's made since then, he has not done that, which makes me feel like he's a fuck nigga for that. I mean, I see it a little bit differently. I I didn't hear what Nick Cannon said, so I can't really comment on that. But it's well, like... You can't even now. He took down the fucking interview like a bitch nigga. <laughs> but like, when you're in the position that he's in, like... A lot of people lost their job based on what he just said. Feel me? Because he owns Wild and Out, and mm -hmm. he runs that. No, he doesn't own it. Viacom oh, he doesn't own it. it no, someone else Viacom owned it. Viacom owns it. But he's still sort of like the main dude who hires all the people that are in there. I'm pretty he sure Viacom doesn't do that. Everything for the show. Exactly. He just doesn't own it. <laughs> so when you do stuff like that and you lose that, it's not just you that pays for it. Every single person that works for you just lost their job. Mm -hmm. Feel me? Because that show doesn't exist anymore. So I can understand. Oh, no, no, the show still exists. No one else lost their job. Well, but they just kicked him out of it. Mm -hmm. Damn, that because is he doesn't rough. own it. It's not like that is rough. It's not like he owned it and Viacom stopped carrying the show, so everyone under him lost their job. They just fired, fired him from out of it. And oh, every, that's and, rough. And everyone else was still there. That's and that's rough. what there's a split now between the Wild and Outcast, between the people who were willing to dip with Nick and the people who were and willing to stay with And that still comes back to my same point. Yeah. With like you, no, you, right. you end up. That's the reason why I don't. I'm not going to trip on him too hard for walking back the statement because it's just like yeah. It's like you said earlier, way back when, it's like you got to say shit with nuance because when you do stuff like that, you end up just like, you just throw the bag away. For what? You just threw the whole bag away. I guess, I, I, I guess in that situation, I have some more maturing to do before and you have, I get money because honestly, 
fuck your bag, my nigga. Like, honestly, like, but, but my pride is My point about more. it was, it's not, but you're right. it's not no, necessarily no, not just, just his point. bag, though. It's just like everybody mm-hmm. who happens to rely on him. Yeah, but he has, but he's platformed. You know what I mean? Like, if he really wanted, he has the ability to, to provide them with alternatives. You know what I mean? It's not like me. Like, if I fucked up the bag for us, like, I'm really fucking up the bag for us. You know what I mean? I don't have the ability to stand on my pride and then also be able to give everyone else, you know, opportunities. Nick ain't no little dude. He's Nick not, ain't broke. But, you know, he doesn't exist in a vacuum. You still need true, cooperation true. from other people to make true. big shit happen. But look, Diddy, Diddy already offered him revolt money. Yeah, that he did. Which, you know, I don't, I don't fuck with Diddy too hard. But I do, <laughs> See, there you I go. I do fuck with niggas who support <laughs> black, black entertainment. What if Nick don't fuck with Diddy like that, you know? Oh, he doesn't? I have no idea. I'm just oh, saying okay. what if. I said what if. What if. No, true, true, true. You're right. You're right. Um... I know Diddy's not doing this for black people. He's doing this because he knows Nick Cannon hey, exactly. is Scoop a of talent. Yep. hard worker, mm-hmm. talented, and has a following. Absolutely. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like It's a business move. That's five million people easy. It's a business Nick, move. Nick got five million people easy who will support him as, a, as mm-hmm. an entertainer. You know what I mean? And so that's what I'm saying. Like Nick, Nick, Nick don't got to fold to nobody. He really doesn't. He might have delayed some people's bags. He might have put some people in some uncomfortable positions. Um, but let them make those decisions. Like, if you don't want to be blackballed for following me, right on. I can understand that. But he he's not asking him to do that. All he's all all he's saying is, is I was speaking with somebody who was saying something that I agreed with. And if you don't like that opinion, so be it. Everyone's got the right to say it. And this is another thing I don't like. I don't like that fucking Jewish people. Anytime you say, listen, African-Americans in America have had fucking dumbass white people telling us about our history for fucking centuries. And not one of those motherfuckers get called out as racist. But if anyone gives an alternative perspective to Jewish history, you're an anti-Semite. Get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face. You cannot be the only person who is the arbiter of the world you live in. And Jewish people have insulated themselves from the rest of the world in such a way that can't nobody say shit about them. People fucking say nigger all the time. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. But you know what it is? They do have the right to say that in America. And in America, you do not have the right to say anything against Jewish people, no matter how factual or historically based. That's not fair. You can't say shit about Jewish people ever. And that's some bullshit. You can say shit about niggas. You can say... he In the same conversation, he called white people savages. But he ain't racist for that. But for saying that, hey, guess what? Historically, the people who descended from, from Israel are not the people claiming Jewish descent. Oh, that's a problem. You're anti-Semitic for that. Because that's all he said. Honestly, all he said was that the people who are claiming protection under anti-Semitism are not the people who are historically considered Semites. That's what he said. And now and now he got to apologize. Fuck out of here, nigga. Stand on some (laughs) shit, nigga. Because he knows he didn't. Because and that's the thing that pisses me off about him. He never talks reckless. He says things that might be controversial. But he never talks reckless. And even in that interview that I'm so glad I got to watch prior to this happening, he did not speak recklessly. 
He was mindful about what he said. And even then they hit you over the head with it. Fuck that shit. I'm going to talk shit about anybody who deserves to be talked shit about. Period. Sorry. You can't. Nobody is perfect in this world. So everyone has the right to get slandered over their dumb shit. Myself included. And so I really hate the fact that Nick just did that, bro. Like, nah, B, nobody is immune to having opinions about them. Nobody. And this is America. We're talking about radical freedom, this and that. But yet you can't even say anything about the Jewish community. Fuck that shit. Fuck that. Every community in this country has its flaws. And every community in this country can have some smoke put at them. And guess what? They should. That's how, that is the, that is the, the fence that, 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 that stops you from going too far is knowing that there was people who will call you out. But that's why Jewish people run roughshod through this country because there's nobody who can say anything against anything they do. They can organize their communities and not wear masks and fucking spread coronavirus all over New York. But nah, B, you can't say that. That's anti-Semitic. When literally their community was the start of the of of this uh, of the first major outbreak in 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 New York. You can't say that though, even though their communities are ethnically homogenous. Jewish communities are Jewish communities because there's mostly Jewish people in them. And then the realtors don't sell those houses to non-Jewish people. There is redlining in Jewish communities, and so. To not be able to say, hey, you know, guys, I understand that you have certain, you know, social foibles about wearing masks and blah, 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 and, and public meetings and all this stuff. But we are in the middle of a pandemic. You can't point them out, which is unfair because their community in terms of transmission was catastrophic. But yet you want to point out that black people are dying disproportionately when black people have died disproportionately in our medical system since time in memoriam, like since we can remember being in America, black people have been abused by the medical system, period. But yet they want to point us out as, as being outliers in, in the death rate. But yet they can't point out that the Jewish community is responsible for a huge amount of the spread. That's what I'm saying. Like, nah, fuck that, B. Fuck that, B. Like, I'm not with that at all. And I'm not saying that the black community is perfect. And guess what? We are under the most scrutiny and we get the most shit talked about us. So why is it now that this, this community is just immune to being scrutinized in any way? Nah, B, that's not a healthy way. That's not a healthy way forward for this country at all. Period. This country has a way forward? News to me. I mean. That's good to know. Listen, that's good I to not know. told I like you that, that I'm the hopeless optimist? I like that. I'm a hopeless optimist. <laughs> I will always find this a way to make something successful. That's Whether weird. or not it's going to happen is another story altogether. But I'm always looking at ways in which we can move forward. You know what I mean? And so I'm just, I, I would love to, for this country to move forward. But as long as there is, as long as there's ethnic minorities who get preferential treatment, and I'm not just talking about to overcome a systemic issue. I'm talking about they just get preferential treatment, period. They own everything. They benefit from everything. They're, unfortunately, there just is not a space in this country where Jewish people don't excel. And there has not been the same history of systemic racism that existed in, let's say, like Germany. Like, if you're a Jewish person in Germany, you have a legitimate claim that there was a systemic 
issue trying to prevent your community from 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 being uh, enfranchised. I get that. That don't exist in America. I don't know of any negative Jewish tropes. I only know of positive ones. And so with that being said, I just don't think that it's in anyone's best interest to make this demographic seem like it's better than it really is. They are people. They will fuck up. And when they fuck up, they should be called out like the rest of the humans who fuck up. But yeah, I just and, and I only say that because now they're they're destroying black men for no reason. Like Nick Cannon's comments. They needed a reason before. Well, I, and, and I separate Jewish people from white people ethnically. And so ethnically, I understand white supremacy and how it's perpet, perpetu, uh, perpetuated in America for the benefit of the majority. I don't see why Jewish people feel that that is an acceptable way to go forward for them because they are not an ethnic minority. They don't consider themselves part of the white population of America per se, unless it's in their best interest. For the most part, they consider themselves an ethnic minority. And and as such, attacking black men seems counterintuitive to me. But we all know they are not uh, they're not a financial minority. <laughs> they are an ethnic minority. They are not a financial minority. And so, no, they wouldn't feel any solidarity with black people. They they're harvesting our community just like the rest of the country is. And so, yeah, it's just it's a shame. It's a shame because it, it, it not only showed that uh, one of our figures is full of shit, but it it. It really exemplified how our community will just be denigrated by anyone. Anyone. There's no one out there who doesn't feel as if the black community should be denigrated in America. Whether it's Jewish people, whether it's white people, there's just so many demographics in this country who are fully well willing to shit on black people without engaging them with any kind of dialogue, any kind of realism, any kind of respect. And so, yeah, I, I really wish and, and it looked for a second like um, Nick Cannon was going to stand on what he said. But then all the money started, started, I guess, flowing out. And he was like, oh, shit. Got to got to I got to I got to repair that. Got to repair that relationship with the Jewish community. Which is sad because I figured most of his of his patronage came from the black community. But that's just not a, that's just not a sensible statement to make in America. No, no one is making their money exclusively off the black community. The black community is just not a big enough population to actually like have sway with a with a public figure unless that public figure is willing to put more value on the social capital of black people than they are on money. And that's rare. Very rare. But yeah, moving on from that, what else we got going on? Moving on to some social topics. There's been a bunch of weird shit going on. Just as a, right? as, as a positive note, and I say positive in quotation marks, we've had our first female uh, black fighter pilot. Yeah. What's her name? Gotta throw her name out there so we can shout that out. That's very you important. Computer, bro. All right. But if you. My bad. My bad. My bad. How are you going to bring bad. it up without bringing my it up? Bad. Feel me? My bad. I only wrote down the topic in, in shorthand. <laughs> 
Look that up. But no, it's only because the top. I brought up the topic because yes, I wanted to shout her out. Her name is Madeline Swedge. Feel me? Is set to become the first black female tactical fighter pilot, which is a fucking accomplishment. And you know what I'm saying? We gotta say her name, Madeline Swedge, bro. Congratulations. Absolutely. That's that's fucking lit. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Oh yeah, yo, my cousin actually started out and shout out to to Aho. That nigga wanted to be a fighter pilot as a kid. Literally spent his whole life and achieved his goal. That's that dope. nigga is crazy, bro. That's dope. Like, Congrats. That's that, that my my cousin Aaron, man. I I fuck with you hard, and I really appreciate that. Like when I look at at people who have achieved, and and I don't mean to bring up a black man in in lieu of speaking about the black woman, but um, just it's family, so I wanted to give him a shout out. But it was <laughs> he was a great example of. A, a, a visual like i got to watch him set a goal at six years old and achieve it at 28 and so that was just really impacting to me but madeline holler yo i really think that that was great you know what i mean yeah, that that's awesome she she overcame because i guarantee you there were a lot of hurdles she had to deal with a lot of bullshit to get to where she yep. was because the military is just generally a misogynist god only knows how long it took for people to even take her fucking take her seriously, seriously. Uh, yo, Marvel superheroes saw a black fighter pilot, female fighter pilot, before reality did. Mm-hmm. And and that also goes to, to some other points that I want to uh, bring out on this topic. A, the power of representation. Um, whether that representation is, is real or fictional is super powerful. Um, Marvel has a character named Monica Rambeau, who is a black female fighter pilot. And um and I would love to find out if Madeline um Madeline was inspired by her to some degree because that's seeing these fictional representations aren't as powerful as seeing real life uh examples, but at the same time allows us to exercise our imagination. Mm-hmm. And without imagination you won't get very far. And sometimes the fictional ones are the more important because they ain't no real They're ones idyllic. to emulate. They're you know iconic. You know what I mean? They, they, they can embody a perfect form that cannot exist physically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's that. But also, um, just in passing, you had, you had mentioned this prior, but um, the fact that we're still getting black, black first in fucking 2020. Like the fact that we're still not only are we getting black first, but it's still a thing. Like that's super important. Right. It shows how little progress that we've actually made. You know what I mean? Like the real progress comes when we genuinely don't see race. Not like when you just ignore race so that you don't have to deal with it, as most white people do. But when you genuinely are looking at the person as a human, regardless to any demographic breakdown. That's the real, real progress that we're looking for. That's real equality. When the gender and, 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 and racial and ethnic demographic don't even matter anymore. That's when we've reached an equality. And so we've made little progress, but not a lot. Yeah, and so while I want to taking a lot of baby steps for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. There's been tons of baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. And I say that, and that'll lead into my next topic. Um, the baby steps happen at such a huge cost, it makes me feel like we'll never run the mile. Because the baby steps come at huge costs. We still have yet to get an actual representation of reparations in our, in our politics. Which is crazy. 
it's crazy. Like white people are really going to try to push push the book for of slavery as far into history as possible so that they never have to fucking own that shit. And and that's why when you say things like um there's a way forward for this country, I totally understand why you're dubious. My my view of prosperity in this country is completely irrational. It's completely figmented in my imagination. Because there really is no no steps going forward. There's baby steps maybe, but there's also there's always big steps going back. Yeah, the opposition is very justice good. Justice for Sandra Bland, justice for Breonna Taylor, justice for all of our, our murdered black queens. Like that's what I'm saying. Like there is no progress until that's an until that stops. Which there's segue into segueing into the next two stories. Louisville mayor is under fucking investigation for his handling of Breonna Taylor's murder and his handling of the subsequent protests. Yes. Yes. It's about fucking time. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm, and when it comes to the legal system, I'm far more dubious than I am of what happens in the general public. And so I'm going to reserve judgment on that to see, because a lot of times we, we fail to realize that the judicial system is used to justify the racism. So people commit racist acts, then they go through the judicial system only for the judicial system to throw out all the evidence and say, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't problematic. There was no racism involved. And so I'm going to hold my judgment on that until after we find out whether, because it's so clear and evident, the racism, the racism is so blatant that if, you know, they're, they're, you know, just like in Bubba Wallace's case, just like in Robert Fuller's case, they're just going to use the judicial system to, to, to validate absurd ideas of black people like that we we kill ourselves for no reason even in our even in our strongest points we just commit suicide for funsies like <laughs> like that they use the judicial system to ratify those really ridiculous ideas in their head and so i will wait to see what actually comes of that investigation but um that also leads into north carolina has decided to uh Enact, and I'm using air quotes here, you can't see me with my hands, reparations for their citizens. Now, their idea of reparations is to do what pretty much every other fucking civilized uh, uh, state has done, and that is to provide affirmative rights, um, affirmative action uh, practices to uh, their distribution of of funds for the city. So they're not going to give money to people. They're just going to reinvest. The reparations, quote unquote, is an investment into the black community. That's lit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, exactly. Because you remember when they did those opportunity zones and they were like, yeah, 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 we're going to invest in black communities. And so what they did is they gave a bunch of white developers to go into black communities and tear down the shit that was there and make fucking uh new plazas and and malls for to attract white people into the area and so most of the areas that that were considered opportunity zones are now gentrified yeah that's pretty much what north carolina is doing and so you know there is no fucking progress this goes back to what i was just saying there's no fucking progress they just use language and the legal system to ratify uh, in other people's heads that see no look North Carolina is doing good by black people no they're not those aren't reparations 
Those are not reparations. You know what would be reparations? If they took the literal ledger of human fucking bodies that has been written down and, and, and codified and they did the due diligence of finding the descendants of those people and paying them back for what they stole from their family, that's reparations. The fuck out of my face telling me that North Carolina is doing fucking reparations by reinvesting in black neighborhoods. Fuck out of here. <laughs> like, it makes me so angry because they're just, white people will hear that and that's going to be what they're saying. Like, what do you mean? Why are black people angry? We've given you reparations. We reinvested into your neighborhoods. Fuck you. Pay you know I mean? the people who are deserving of it. And I don't even get reparations. My family ain't from here. I'm not looking for reparations. But I do know that if you fucking actually pay back the people in the communities that I live in, it will by and large be better off. I want to see my neighbors do better so that guess what? Our whole community can be better. That's when we gain the, the, the enfranchising power of, of community. Otherwise, there's no ain't shit happening by them reinvesting in their black neighborhoods like Look, every bro, city has that program in avail in, in, in effect there is no southern state that will lead the charge on reparations absolutely not reparations will never come from anywhere in the bible belt first get the f what but that's the thing is is that they have to come from there first because you're right. You're right. I'm not saying that you're wrong. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that if we were actually trying to literally do reparations, the slaves existed in these states, in these southern states. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to have to come. Like, those southern states are going to have to be integrally involved in whatever happens going forward because they hold all the records yeah. of the enslaved peoples. Bro, that's like 100 years away, said. Okay. Alabama. I'm not, I'm not yo, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama is literally the worst yeah. for education in the whole world. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. no they so, are like, internationally known for how stupid they are. It's not gonna. I mean, yes, you're right. That is where progress has come from. But unfortunately, I, we see out of here. It's probably not gonna. Come. Unfortunately, the Bible Belt has a very specific uh, uh, design for the people that live there. Yeah. And so. That, that that's sad, but I'm, I'm I just wanted to get that out there because people like to hear these words spoken in a flowery fashion and then believe them, and it's like, damn, dude, you're being manipulated so hard right now. Yeah, so we're in the era of dog whistles right now, son. <laughs> like it is, it is far more rampant than it has ever been. I agree because you know the dog mean? whistles are becoming like. Yeah, because now you have social media, media and the actual media behind it, it to make it legit far, far faster than it takes people who are interested in verifying the truth to actually come to the truth. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Moving. On. It's funny because there was a Louisville officer who who I guess the protesters, their path led past his house. And so he threatened to shoot a bunch of them. I remember this dude. No, no, no not the dude with his, not the dude with his wife. This the manslaughter dude who shot the dude through the door. Yeah. Yeah. And then an officer comes to check in on him, and so his response is to shoot through the door and murder another officer. Yeah. And these are the people who you want to fucking reform. That's the thing. I'm like, people just are so fucking daft and lacking in imagination that they can't even understand that, yo, dude. You can't reform an institution that has been for hundreds of years 
gathering the worst people in society to be part of their organization. That it has been, by the FBI standards, infiltrated by the KKK. Did you hear like, about the cop that broke his wife's ribs and when she tried to get away from him, he had her arrested for domestic violence? This is what Zing. I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Feel me? These, if you think that we need police, you're a fucking idiot. We need a lot of things. We need public safety. We need code enforcement. We need conflict resolution. We need mental health experts. We need a lot of shit. But what we do not need is uniformed people with police terrorizing the fucking country. Like, really, we need to think broader about the institutions that are in our fucking society. Like, let's, we have to look at the historic background of these institutions. That is way, like, when you, when we exist in a world where institutions don't change their rules for hundreds of years, decades, when we have institutions who will go more than three years without genuinely overhauling their, 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 their policies and procedures, these are not healthy institutions. They are not healthy institutions. Our world moves and changes way too fast to have institutions that will not update their, their policies and procedures with the zeitgeist of the people. Moreover, we cannot have institutions who empower shitbags. Like, we can't have institutions that empower shitbags to do shitty things. That's not to say that shitbags won't be part of fucking institutions, but we cannot empower them to do the shitty things. This oh, is shit. what you We know, gotta get rid of America now. <laughs> no, but this is what I'm saying. So there was this there was the um how to solve a drug scandal uh, a show on Netflix. I forgot exactly what it how was. How to called. rig a drug scandal? Yes, how to rig a drug scandal. Where they were not drug testing the people who were testing the drugs in the labs. That is how you empower a shitbag to do shitty things. If you do not fucking if, if you don't drug test the people who you are putting under an immense amount of pressure to do more work than is humanly possible, do you genuinely, th are you surprised that they might resort to doing drugs when they are inundated with drugs all day and under an immense amount of stress, which is like the number one thing that drives people to drugs? Like, come on. It's like, yo, is anybody using this free Coke though? You know what I mean? Like when you have a police department and you don't scrutinize people for mental illness and abuse issues and 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 massive massive like just brutality issues when you don't scrutinize them for that you're you are empowering the shitbags to do the things that are bad you got to expect that the people who are in your institution are shitbags whether they are or not it's your job to make sure you're not empowering them to do the things that are bad in your in your institution. And so well, we don't need to reform police. We don't. We need a new institution that gets away from the idea that one man can watch another man and dictate his actions to him. That's not how fucking the world works. It's not how it's ever worked. And white people have been able to live under that auspice their entire time in this country. It's so funny because in The Wire, uh, Herc gets um, sent uptown and so he's he's busting like the community he's in is a white community and he's like 
I gained a whole new respect for these fucking black drug dealers. They do codes. They don't. They they they, they don't do. You know what I mean? They they create procedures in which we can't follow. These white boys. They. They talk to you straight up about the drugs. You want drugs? <laughs> I want drugs. Where will I meet you for the drugs? How much drugs do you want? Openly. And they perform all of their drug deals directly. Like the person who is the head of a of a corner will be the person who's selling you the drugs. Like, this is what I'm saying. They've been able to operate under impunity in this country because they know that the idea of policing does not apply to them. The idea of policing does not apply to white people. It applies to black and brown people. And that's the fucked up part about this country. It's like the white people will never, ever, ever acknowledge that they live in a different paradigm than everyone else in this country. And, and, and it, it, it's painful to watch at times. It's painful to watch at times because our bodies are being put on the line and beaten and brutalized while they say you deserve it. And it's like, come on, man, that just isn't fair. It really isn't. Statistically, that just doesn't bear out by your own statistics. But yeah, moving on from that. Oh man, did you hear Britain? I was talking shit about Britain for letting Huawei make their 5G network, and they finally yeah, they, they finally realized that they what? can't do that with and maintain they security. They gave them till 2028, my nigga. What the fuck? You know what's <laughs> fucking know, data I can transfer between now and 2028? Like it, whatever, man. These motherfuckers is playing games. Oh, they totally playing games, and 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 I I feel like they only did it under pressure from America because 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 Trump is having problem, problems with China. And so he's putting pressure on on the UK to to Man, abide they by need our to put fucking pressure on TikTok. Oh, bro. Oh, well, you know you, the, the all um, um federal all federal networks are banning TikTok's IP. So you can't have that app Smart. on federal servers. Way to do it. Or you can't transmit information from that app over federal servers. They will they'll they'll block every packet. You know what I mean? And so, and, and I know months ago, how long ago was that? Was it five months ago I was sitting there talking about how bad TikTok is? And, and I, I can't tell you how many people told me I was crazy. <laughs> and now yeah, there was a guy happening. that um, reverse engineered it and pretty much proved like all of the shit that it does and that it sends that shit to the Chinese government. And Absolutely. Shit. Absolutely. And then we found out that TikTok won't put your face on the front page if it's too dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hello, their, people. Uh, this is what I was trying to say was going to happen. Image. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I love having this podcast, because I get to prove how <laughs> I, get, I, I get to have a platform for being right, <laughs> because I, I'm I have a pretty decent idea of what's going on in the world. You know what I mean? And it's just very obvious that certain things. They don't pass don't the smell test. <laughs> they don't pass the smell test. And so, so now the UK is up. trying to backpedal on their Huawei fucking venture. And it's too late. And they're literally backpedaling on like a tricycle. And it's going to take them fucking 10 years to Bruh. get the process finished. Dude, it, 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 I have a feeling that they're taking that stance because they're hoping by the time that it comes <laughs> around, they'll be able to say, yeah, you know, fuck it. We're just going to let Huawei probably. do it. They probably have no they're intention waiting, of actually doing no. that. Oh, yeah. you kidding me? I'm pretty sure the UK doesn't fucking want anything to do with America anymore. It's just that we're already so entangled 
that they can't really do much. I mean, most of the world don't want shit to do with America There's right good now. There's good reason. This place fucking sucks. Feel and it's me? like, yo, I'm tired. I'm tired of, like, it sucks because I feel like I have, since so many people are blinded by America and what it stands for, that I have to compensate by being extra anti-fucking-patriotic because it's just like, nah, man, we got to be better. We got to be better. We are not living up to the greatness that people believe is America. And as long as we keep on deluding ourselves that we're doing so fucking great, nothing will ever get better. You know what I mean? And so that's why I go so hard on this, this America needs to be better or it will be that which the world has accused it of being for so long. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, man, it, I really hope that, that the, rest of the, the rest of the world wisens up and gets on their own feet and decides to the problem is that the american market like americans consume so fucking much of the world's resources not just in natural resources but in the manufacturer resources that the world makes that other countries are beholden it's it's i think the term is called monopsony so when you have a monopoly, you control an entire uh, industry, whether it's vertical in terms of you control all of the parts of creation and distribution of a particular uh, commodity or horizontal. You just control all of, let's say, the silver ore in America. And so anything that needs to be made of silver ore has to come to you. Those are monopolies. Monopsony is when I'm such a big buyer that it does not make any sense for you to sell to anyone else because you would lose my my uh, my business. So Walmart has a monopsony. They are such a big purchaser that if you make any kind of manufactured good, you better be fucking with Walmart because Walmart is the number one seller, which makes them the number one buyer of any commodity. Those kind of things. And so America as a country has a monopsony on on the consumption of everything whether it's food goods humans we consume everything and so it it, it would behoove the rest of the world to get on their own shit because america is a flaming ball and it's going to burn down everything it can before it lets its flame go out and so, yeah, the rest of the world really needs to step up on their shit because they don't want to go down. Because the, th- the problem, and, and typically it's fine. Like, nation states rise and fall and fuck them. Who cares? But unfortunately, we live in a time where America's uh, downfall could literally be the destruction of the world. Whether it's through nuclear war or massive resource depletion and environmental disaster, we literally are are entwining the fate of the world with the fate of this nation and that ain't good it just ain't good because that whole idea of american exceptionalism don't exist at all like america the 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 whole idea about american exceptionalism hinged on the idea that america would do what's best for the world as a paternalistic entity and we just know that that's not true america will not do what's best for the world america won't even do what's best for americans (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that 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 one's gonna have to hopefully the uk you know will figure out a, a better avenue than than kowtowing to america because that shit ain't gonna last be able to last for too too much longer 
But yeah, there there was another weird story about a Lebanese man kidnapping a Nigerian woman, a Nigerian woman attempting to sell her on on Facebook. Needless to say, that nigga got scooped up <laughs> super fast, super fast. That's a solid like, Inter- plan, homie. Yo, nah, Interpol shut That's that nigga a down solid so plan. fucking fast. But it was just it, hello, it, my friends. Are you looking for a wife? It, I've got the perfect girl for you. No, 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 no. It was a Lebanese dude. Oh. He's a Middle Eastern, <laughs> trying to sell a Nigerian woman who oh. he stole. He, I, I guess, he stole her passport, and so she couldn't leave the country. And so I don't even know how this shit came to be. But it's just, it's Damn, just. Man. I only. This is one this of up. those thank God for stupid criminals type deals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just bring it up to say, like, black women are preyed upon around the fucking world, man. Real, like, it is not a joke that they are the most denigrated. Uh, demographic worldwide and so that's why i love seeing powerful black women because that is the kind of of imagery we need to start perpetuating so that more black women can be empowered to try to 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 do to to because i don't want to victim blame it's not her fault that this that that she was taken advantage of but why she was in lebanon I'm not sure how the whole interchange between her and him happened that got her there, but I'm sure that she could have done, she shouldn't have been there, period. I don't know how she got from Nigeria to Lebanon to be with him, but I wish that she was more empowered to not make those kind of decisions. Because a lot of times people make poor decisions because they are disenfranchised. They do not have options. And so... I would like to see more uh, positive things in the in, in the zeitgeist for black women so that they can be empowered not to make decisions that put themselves in danger. Not that they are the, the, the cause of the victimization, but empowerment means giving them uh, better chances to make better choices. And so, yeah, that, I just thought that was a really weird one. I'm not even sure how the fuck that came to be. Like, I can only imagine what Interpol was was doing. Like, that whole Interpol investigation, first of all, it was a quick one because it was so obvious. And obviously, Facebook is a surveillance device. So all of his fuckery was, was, record, was like, documented. No one will ever know. But it's like, yo, dude, what the fuck? Like, they, Interpol's got to be like, this guy's a fucking idiot. But, you know, as Interpol, they must deal with a lot of fucking idiots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, unfortunately, by connecting the world through information and travel the way we have, we've empowered idiots to do idiotic things. And so it's just, it's crazy that I can only imagine what that investigation looked like. But, yeah, um, not too much else going on. But, yeah. So we'll go ahead and wrap on that. I know I've been rambling on here for quite some time, but I appreciate you guys. Follow us on the socials. Our new Instagram is Heron's Home Podcast. You can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And stay tuned to that social media. I should be having a good amount of stuff. I've been working on um, some fun memes to upload to, to Instagram for you guys. So keep on, uh, for all of you who haven't followed yet, please jump on the wagon. I'm going to be putting up some content for you guys shortly. And I'll leave you with these words. Time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks guys for joining us. Have a great one. Peace. Take it easy.